The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It is uh, 3.05 on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. Thanks for joining us. And a reminder, in just a couple of minutes, the Pipeline Hotline begins. Voicing concerns, thoughts, maybe some kudos as well across the provinces of B.C. and Alberta right here on 6.30 Chad and with our sister station, CKNW in Vancouver. We want this to be a listener-driven conversation. And for that, we need your phone calls, 496 496- 0063. Now would be the time to call. We'll uh, hook up electronically here shortly through the magic of uh, the internet with uh, CKNW and Linda Steele. And she'll be uh, taking callers as well. We'll probably alternate between uh, Alberta and the West Coast. And mm-hmm. I, I think it'll be a, an interesting experience for us all to see I guess basically what we're doing is we're pushing the politicians aside and letting the citizens step up and speak. Exactly. Here's your chance to let the folks in B.C. know what's on your mind right now when it comes to Trans Mountain. That number again is 780-496-0063, 496-0063. I keep wanting to say the hotline, (laughs) pipeline, but it is the pipeline hotline. You can text us as well. Well, at 6.30, 6.30, but again, the best way to get your mm-hmm. voice heard today is going to be over the phone. That number again? 496, area code 780-496-0063, 780-496-0063. Give us a call right now. I know we've got uh, the switchboard starting to light up. We'll get you in queue, and then throughout uh, this hour as we take... Uh, Get rid of one call, we'll bring in another. So, so as somebody, go, yeah, back as somebody says from, goodbye, give us a call again and we'll get you in queue. Yeah, so we're going to do you BC, Alberta, BC, Alberta. So pack a bit of patience today as yeah. well when you dial us. I know a lot of you have a lot of of thoughts and, and some of you are, are big fans of this deal. Some of you have so many questions and some of you are absolutely furious, absolutely furious about what has happened. And we want to hear all of those opinions today on the Pipeline Hotline is 6.30 Chad is Jalen and Andrew at 6.30 Chad team up with Linda Steele at CKNW News Talk 980 in Vancouver. It's easy to do. Again, that phone number 496-0063, the text line 630-630 again, 496-0063. This is the Pipeline Hotline, getting Alberta and BC talking. All right, hello Edmonton. I'm Linda Steele from CKNW Radio in Vancouver. Teaming up today with my colleagues Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross at 6:30 Chat in Edmonton, and we are going to take your calls on pipelines for the next hour. Hey guys, this is going to be fun. Hello, British Columbia and Linda Steele. This is Jalen. Andrew's over there. Very excited to uh, partake in uh, this. I'll describe it as an experiment, but I hope uh, a <laughs> successful one. Uh, because you know what? As we were saying before, we uh, started to link up to you out there, Linda, this is our opportunity. This is the opportunity for our listeners to push the politicians aside and and step up and speak up. And aside from all the rhetoric that we hear uh, in provincial legislatures, what do the citizens actually think? And you know what? We've seen the protests here, We've or, or we've seen the people who have been a fan of the project here. We've seen the protests, certainly in BC. Now we get to hear from everybody, Linda. And you know what? We did this once before a couple of months ago with Calgary, and it was hot. 
The phone lines were ringing. My phone board is completely full already. How's yours looking? Mine is full as well. So how about we start in BC this afternoon, Linda? All right, we're going to do that. We're going to go to Ken in Burnaby. Welcome to the show, Ken. What did you want to say about pipelines? Good good afternoon. I'm really glad uh, that the uh, expansion is going to go through. My biggest worry is that the government running the pipeline, we had a, a company that ran a, with a really good safety record, and now we've got a government going to run the project, and they've had you know the Phoenix payroll fiasco lately. <laughs> that's a good point. So that, that's the only point I had today. Okay, thanks for that, Ken. And you know, I'll say this. Uh, we were hearing from the Liberals here in B.C. that one of the deals with expanding that pipeline is that there will be much-needed safety upgrades to that 65-year-old pipeline. Mm-hmm. So that's good news. And we haven't really had any sort of a major spill from that to speak of. There was a small one here uh, by Cam but it was like about 100 liters of diesel or oil rather and they caught it fast you know i think that's one of the confusing aspects uh, for albertans and we understand the need to keep the pipeline safe and to protect the environment um, but we don't uh, sometimes understand what the alternative is um, from the perspective of uh, the bc government how would you prefer that we ship the oil if not through a pipeline <laughs> we can't guarantee of course nobody can guarantee that there won't be an accident but as you just said linda it's pretty rare and it's been a long time. Absolutely. Why don't you guys take a call from Edmonton? All right, here's Daniel. Hi, Daniel. What's on your mind? I think this is a uh, fantastic deal by the Liberals, and I think in the future, if the pipeline does go through and get built, it's going to be a huge uh, surplus of money for the uh, Canadian taxpayers. So I'm, uh, I'm thrilled the Liberals have uh, pulled this off, and I hope they can see it through to completion. Hey, Daniel, do you work in the oil business? Uh, no, I don't. I work in Edmonton, and I work for the uh, government of Alberta, actually. Very cool. Thank you for the call. Appreciate uh, you taking the time. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a call here from Paul in Delta. Paul, what are your thoughts on the pipeline? Well, I think that this is the right time to get this thing done. You know, when you look at the amount of resources, that uh, the oil resources in Alberta, it's going to be there for 100 years. We have enough oil for 100 years. So this oil has to get to other sources, other markets around the world. And I think that a liberal decision is a good one, but I'm hoping that there will be a little bit of a more emphasis on the environmental aspect of it, meaning that they will actually do a study that may be required. Even though the technology is very uh, progressive as we move forward, but still I think this is a necessity. Yeah, you're not convinced. Okay, and I know, Jalen and Andrew, that we get so many calls from people who say, yeah, I know you're supposed to have these pipeline safety protocols, but I'm not buying it. I want to see it. (laughs) I think the government should do a massive ad campaign and tell us what measures are in place. I would like to know what's already been done. Yeah, I mean, that's just it, right? Because from our perspective out here, uh, these environmental impact studies have been done and have been approved and I think the perspective of most Albertans and again I don't want to put the words in the mouths of our listeners but I think the perspective is we dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's and gave you all the assurances let's get going let's get going on the construction well, let me just tell you a lot of people in BC are not assured at all they still <laughs> feel that there's a massive uh, you know risk of a spill with something like a sevenfold tanker traffic going in and out of the waters around here so people here need more reassurance and you know what? Some people here want to talk about the waters in your uh, neck of the woods. Four nine six zero zero six three is the number to call uh, to get a hold of us here at Ched. Ken from Lamont, what's on your mind, Ken? Good day, y'all. You know, uh, you know, I do work in the oil and gas industry, and uh, yeah, in regard to safety, 
you wouldn't believe the guide, the safety standards that we have to adhere to regarding automatic shutdowns for high pressure, low pressure. If there's a break in the line, there's an automatic shutoff for low pressure. If there's a high pressure ready to blow the line, there's a shutoff for that. My biggest concern is uh, the fact that I don't know if BC realized that we're getting about $35 a, a barrel right now. The average cost for an oil company for all their expenditures is about $25. A barrel, their profit is about $10 a barrel right now. And uh, just to top it all off, like on my horse here, uh, what about the jet fuel coming up the Fraser River? You don't hear nothing about that. No, we've talked about that pipeline as well. They say they're trucking a bunch of... Yeah, they say they're trucking jet fuel in, and they say that's more dangerous than building a pipeline. Uh, That's an interesting call. I'm going to take a call here from uh, Bob in Surrey. Hey, Bob, welcome to the show. Yeah, hi. Uh, good open line show. Um, I would say that uh, the BC, uh, Vancouver, Kinder Morton should be the last choice. No one has explained to me why we cancelled Northern Gateway, and no one's explained to me why we cancelled um, Energy East. Uh, politics, um, Bob. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I still think uh, it's the biggest risk for Vancouver, and it's a much lesser risk for. Um, the Northern Gateway Pipeline. Yeah, and you know what, Bob? The issue with Energy East was that Trudeau would stand to lose a ton of seats in Quebec, and he has much fewer seats here in B.C. (laughs) Politics. uh, Exactly. It comes down to politics. One word. Why don't you take one more call from Edmonton? All right, let's do that, Hal. Let's uh, head over to Colin. Hey, Colin, thanks for waiting. What do you want to say? Um, I'm I'm just disappointed with the Fed's decision to do it, or to sell it, because why would you buy something Make it profitable and then sell. It. Do you know that's interesting you say that because get all the money, let the income flow. Yeah, because it is actually a real big money maker. And aside from the fact that most people don't trust the government to run, uh, you know, <laughs> anything. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, t- uh, one man race to a well, two we hole, keep hearing uh, about Norway, <laughs> and let's let's take a look at Norway's situation yep. and how they've done it there, and and the the billions of dollars that exactly. they have. Uh, stockpiled. I mean, I honestly would prefer, I hate to say this because it'll, uh, well, perhaps I'm, I'm happy to say it because it'll get calls coming in, and we, although we have tons already. Uh, I would prefer that it be an investment uh, for the country and that we reap the benefits of, uh, of the royalties once uh, constructed. But I do understand that usually, typically, private enterprise runs more efficiently in operation, uh-huh. particularly one of this size. So I see the, av- the advantage of passing it back to private enterprise. All right, yeah, we got a full. Yeah, there'll probably be a, an enterprise from out of country, and then all the money goes back to the state or wherever, wherever that country is or the company is. Well, it's a valid point. Kinder Morgan is a U.S. company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They would have been sending all that money home. Yep. Thanks, Colin. We appreciate it. All right. The calls here in Vancouver are 604-280-9898. Keep the calls coming in both B.C. and Alberta. The Pipeline Hotline simulcast continues right after this. You're listening to the Pipeline Hotline, getting Alberta and BC talking. This is your chance to take the mic on 630Ched and 980CKNW. All right, I'm Linda Steele from CKNW Radio in Vancouver. Welcome back to the Pipeline Hotline. This is a special simulcast between CKNW and our sister station, 630 Chad in Edmonton. And I'm very happy to share the mic today with my good colleagues, Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. It's great to be here this afternoon. Great to hear from both sides uh, on on this, uh, I guess, debate, this battle over the past 20 minutes so far. I was expecting actually to hear more people 
against the pipeline than what I have. As was I. If it, if this uh, serves no other purpose than for us to see what each other's thinking and it's not exactly what we thought, then we will have accomplished something significant today. <laughs> yeah, well, welcome to my world because I would say that on this show, it's about 60%, and this mirrors the polls, about 60% in favor of the pipeline, maybe 30, 40. There's a lot of people who aren't sure. They don't love it, but they're not going to fight against it. And then there's a lot of people who are incredibly passionate about trying to stop that pipeline project. So the calls here in Vancouver, 604-280-9898. Uh, let me take a call from Chris in Vancouver. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, guys, are you there? Yeah, yep. go ahead. Yeah, hey, uh, so yeah, I'm definitely against it. Um, a few points here. Dilbit, it's, it's not so much about the pipeline. I mean, everybody focuses on pipeline and tries to keep the conversation there. About the tanker traffic in our harbor. Uh, not only are we talking about the environment, we're talking about one of Canada's best performing economies, which is BC, and it would actually cripple our economy and our environment on the coast. Uh, you know, we talk about uh, the best interest of Canada. Best interest of Canada is to refine that product in Alberta, keep the jobs and the profit in Canada, not sell out to international companies. All right, thanks Dilbit for that, Chris. Cannot, Dilbit, yeah. Dilbit cannot be cleaned up from a marine environment. Well, so all this talk about cleaning up Dilbit, and, or, or we call it crude oil, but it's actually Dilbit. You cannot clean it from a marine environment. So uh, then all of a sudden we're just wasting a bunch of money. We're throwing money at something that can't even be fixed. And All so right. Thanks for that, Chris. You know what? We don't know really about the clean up of Dilbit. I've heard from some people who say they have been able to clean it up. But again, a lot of people in British Columbia are not convinced that they would be able to clean it up from a tanker spill in our waters and that it would mean the loss of some 10,000 jobs, they believe, in the tourism industry. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, although I am led to believe, uh, I understand that there's never been a tanker mishap in uh, off the coast of Vancouver. But that aside, uh, the caller is saying, uh, you know, ideally we would refine all of the product here in Canada. Uh, absolutely. If we could uh, wave a wand, we would put oil in the ground in every province in Canada. We'd be the <laughs> richest country in the world. The truth is that that's not something you flip a switch and allow to happen. It's not something that we can address in the next months, years, or even decades. So exactly. we have the oil in the ground now. We have a pipeline out to the coast now. Our, our problem here in Alberta, if we haven't made it clear I'll, I'll do so now or attempt to we need to get our product to tidewater mm -hmm. and when you talk about uh, evolving technology and hey it's going to be smart cars that are electric driven and all that sure that's uh, great that actually places additional urgency on getting the oil out of the ground and uh, to tidewater and off to foreign markets while it's still a marketable product you know what, Andrew? I think if you could just send some buck a liter gas down to BC, <laughs> we would be all over taking that pipeline with. Right? 780 is the number to get a hold of us here at 630 Chet in Edmonton. Pete has been patiently waiting. Pete, turn your radio down there for a second. Hi, Pete. Yes. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, I just want to mention something. I keep hearing from the protesters that this uh, pipeline that we have right now is missing is uh, built in the 50s, and then it's at the end of its, uh, its life. Uh, the thing is, wouldn't this be a good uh, contingency plan to erect, you know, build this other pipeline next to it? Uh, what if something happens to the uh, the old one, right? Mm -hmm. I think it'll be in the best interest of Vancouverites as well as Canadians. We'll get it out to market, and it's a contingency plan in case there is a problem with the existing line, right? 
get more products as, to Vancouverite. As we were mentioning, that the building of the new pipeline includes the contingency to upgrade the safety on the old pipeline. So in some ways, it's a win-win. Thanks for the call, Pete. Appreciate it. All right, we're going to take a call here from the Vancouver area. Liz in Surrey wants to talk about that pricey gas that we have to pay here. Hi, Liz. Hi. Go ahead. I, I, I realize I have lots of friends up north, and they do need the work. But if you could throw us a bone <laughs> and give us some gas that's not a buck sixty something <laughs> and if that Rachel Notley still wants to play hardball, we own the dock. And imagine if we played hardball and said, well, you're not going to get your foreign product to Alberta. Oh, Liz, you know what? We don't want to go down that road. I think there's been too much tit for tat already with the wine boycott and what have you. Uh, what is the gas, the price of gas in Edmonton today? 132? Yeah, yeah which, is, which is really outrageous Cry for us in Alberta. A river. <laughs> but, you know, if you want to talk about cost of gasoline, though, think about, uh, put gas aside for a second mm. and think of water. You BC residents love their water and, so, and they should be proud of it and that's great. Uh, if you transmit water through a faucet and out into a, a uh, out of your tap into a glass it costs a certain amount of money. If you have to bottle it and ship it by truck it's going to cost a lot more and that's exactly what we're trying to avoid here. So if you'd like cheap gas out in Alberta or out in British Columbia uh, allow us to expand our pipeline and we'll get it out to you. <laughs> well, Not to mention we have a rail strike going on as well and that's going to have even more trucks with fuel and oil on the roads and that's not a safe way to transport it either. It is not. Linda Desi's been holding patiently on the phone for almost 20 minutes now and now Desi you're a pipe fitter and you're pretty pleased with uh, the Prime Minister for getting this done. Darn right. Why I'm so? A pipe fitter for like 40 years with Local 48. We built uh, the original Scottford uh, refinery, the upgrader and Syncrude, Suncor. I mean we need oil. That's all we have and we need gas, need aviation fuel. If these guys in BC can uh, run their vehicles on something else, go for it. We want to build everything safe, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that, that, that's life. I live on this planet. My kids live here. It's all we have. But when we build something, we are restricted. Like, you would not believe what we have to go through when we're on site. If we have a little spill of glycol, holy cow, the paperwork is unreal. Hmm. You know what? The one thing that people say here, Desi, people say that in BC, you guys are getting the lion's share of the profits, you're getting the benefits, you're getting the jobs mostly, and we're getting the risk. Desi, did well, you hear that? Well, I heard some of it, but guess what? Everybody in Canada works in Fort McMurray. They work in, in Alberta. As they say, they took Fort McMurray, with, you know, and, and, and they didn't even have to use a bullet, you know? They took over that whole town. People from Newfoundland, New Brunswick. I was a, I was a welding foreman up there with KBR. More than my 90% of my workers were all from that area. They loved it. You know what? And that's a good point, too, because I've been up to Fort McMurray, and the people who live there are from all over yeah. Canada. And I think people don't really well, realize. It's, it's the capital of Newfoundland. And, and here's the thing, though. <laughs> Andrew and I were, uh, were talking about yeah. this before the show, just about the importance of a healthy Alberta to the rest of the country. Right, because there is it is easy to simplify things and say, well, wait a second, we're getting all the jobs and we're getting all the high wages. Uh, there's a couple of things to consider when it comes to that. Uh, first of all, it's not just the oil industry in Alberta, which benefits from higher wages as a result of the oil industry, there's a spillover effect mm-hmm. because uh, to avoid a shortage in labor, um, 
waitresses, waiters, uh, bus drivers, everybody has to make a little more money in Alberta, and particularly those who live up in areas like Fort McMurray, where it's heavy oil field. Now, again, I know BC is like, well, wait a second. Once again, how does that help us? It helps you in a couple of ways. Aside from employment for British Columbians in Alberta, there is something called equalization payments you because betcha. you're from BC and uh, we're from Alberta, but we we're all Canadians. We don't get your equalization payments. Uh, we don't need them because we're a have province, and maybe it would be different if you were talking to Quebec, although Quebec hates the pipeline too, so <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> right? Uh, so the difference is BC does have a booming, thriving economy, and a lot of it does have to do with real estate. Uh, unfortunately, we're also saying no to you extra Albertans who have properties in Kelowna, etc., and you have to pay the speculation tax. But uh, it's really unfortunate to me that BC and Alberta, which have been great neighbors forever, yes. are suddenly at each other's throats. Well, and just to update you on the gas prices, Linda, someone just texted in and said they've dropped today. They're down to buck twenty-three. There you go. So oh, there you go. Stop that. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, a lot of our gas pain here has to do with government taxes. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't see that going down anymore. We just had a carbon tax hike. How are you guys enjoying your carbon taxes there in Alberta? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that would be not so much. Uh, and let me ask you quickly, give me 20 seconds, both of you. Do you think that Rachel Notley will be reelected because of this pipeline deal? Uh, I didn't. You didn't have to give me the second half of that sentence. I don't believe Rachel Notley will be reelected. Re period. No, Jalen. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm still on the fence about it. I. I think that um, the conservative movement in this province over the past three years has has grown and built up again. And I would suggest that she's in for a tough go during the next round of elections. Uh, these are interesting times. We're taking more of your calls on the pipeline in just a few minutes here on CKNW and six. Ched. But first, stay tuned for your local news. This is the Pipeline Hotline, getting Alberta and BC talking. All right, you are listening to the Pipeline Hotline. This is a special simulcast between CKNW Radio in Vancouver and 630 Ched in Edmonton, our sister station. I'm Linda Steele, host of the Afternoon Drive at CKNW. I'm Jalen Nye, and my co-host is Andrew Grost. We uh, do the 630 Ched Afternoon News here in Edmonton. And may we, uh, at this time, raise a glass of uh, British Columbian wine to uh, listeners out in Vancouver. thought you were going to say a glass of bitumen. <laughs> no, that's you what know, I thought you were going to say. You, you know what, Linda, you know, you know we we're, all of us are old friends. We we stay together. We communicate different ways through text, through Facebook, that sort of thing. And I noticed not too long ago you had put something up on Facebook because you had seen that uh, a number of former Alberta uh, colleagues were making decisions not to go to B.C., for summer holidays, and I you, was just and, talking about that. Yeah, and you had and you had asked more and more people about that. What what kind of reaction did you get? Well, this jumped off something I saw another former colleague of ours do, uh, and I was surprised that there was about half of the people said, oh, come on, it's stupid not to support B.C. or vacation in B.C. because this is about politics. Let the politicians fight it out. But there were some people from Alberta who said, I'm uncomfortable driving through B.C. with Alberta plates right now because <laughs> I feel some hostility. And that made me sad. And then I also put this on Twitter, and I had a sportscaster here in 
the Vancouver area reach out and said, who would go for vacation to Alberta I anyway? There's that. no reason. <laughs> and I said, come on. First mm-hmm. of all, that is completely untrue. And secondly, that is completely unkind. And let's not go there. There's a lot of beautiful places to vacation in Alberta. And that is what I hate about this pipeline dispute is that it has provincial neighbors fighting each other with things that we don't have any control over, frankly. Yeah. It's so unusual to see people argue on social media. I'm shocked to learn. <laughs> yeah. It has been, that. has been interesting, though. I have seen people saying that I'm not going to BC mm. this year, just not, not going to do it. And I know usually we go to BC during the summer. Mm-hmm. We're not going this year, but not because of this. Right. Yeah. Okay. We just made a different uh, different decision. So, and yeah. yet we, you and I, Jalen, have a mutual friend who goes to Kelowna all the time who said, I don't feel yep. right doing that, so I'm not going this oh, year. Oh, like hmm. a couple times a year she's there. She's all about the wine. She loves it out there. And actually another one. Yeah, there's a couple of them, Linda, <laughs> as a matter of fact. I know. Well, all hey, right, listen, focus, we, I have ladies, a full focus. phone board here of people yeah, who want to get in. So I'm going to take a call here from Chris in Vancouver. Hey, Chris, what did you want to say about the pipeline? Hey, Linda, thanks for taking my call. I uh, I got two major things before I get right into this, and the first one is Justin Trudeau is a traitor, Ooh. and Rachel Notley is going out like Christy Clark, <laughs> kicking and screaming to the very bitter end, and she's not going to last. So both of them, as far as I'm concerned, are one and done. They're going to be out come the elections. Trudeau as well? Yeah, yeah. No, I just yeah, I'm just totally against them. And, and you know what? The, I'm going so far as to say that I've already talked to a couple of my friends. We're going to go out there at nighttime. We're going to do covert stuff. We're going to do everything we can, spiking trees, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on, on, Chris. You're talking about vandalism. You're talking about committing crimes. And you're talking about putting uh, oil pipeline workers at risk. Um, yes, I am. Stay classy, Chris. Hmm. You know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be benign about it, and I'm not gonna sit down and pretend like it doesn't piss me off, like it doesn't piss off a bunch of other people. But this is absolutely ridiculous. We're being held hostage in our own province, while we have a premier of another province trying to stick down what she thinks is good for her province down our throats. I don't think violence and vandalism is the answer. uh, The answer to this, Chris. You can't possibly believe that. Well, you know, sometimes people only listen to violence, Linda. That's the way it is. I mean, people sit down and we're, we're, we're all hypnotized. It's like, bah, bah, we do it. Everybody's, you know, telling us what the government is saying. Oh, it's all taken care of. There's all these strict regulations in place. And I was there. I went down and I saw the spill from the Marathasa. I see the problems they're having trying to collect money from the spill of the Marathasa. I took pictures. I mean, come on. This is absolutely ridiculous. All right. Well, listen, Chris. Wake up. I'm sorry that you feel that way. And what Chris is talking about is there was a ship in the Burrard Inlet that spilled Mm -hmm. something like a thousand liters of diesel fuel. And that was three years ago, and Vancouver is still trying to recoup the mm-hmm. money, which was about a half a million dollars. Yeah, I remember but that. to hear someone saying, I'm going to go out and spike trees, yeah. and I'm going to potentially put lives at risk, that is insanity. That is completely mm-hmm. unacceptable. It is absolutely complete unacceptable. Well, absolutely. Oftentimes, we love this democracy we live in uh, unless we don't get our way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what, people? If you really want to make your voice heard, there's a federal election next year, mm-hmm. and maybe yeah. you can make it heard there. You know what? 4960 Zero six three here in Edmonton or in the Alberta region. If you want to give it a hold of us here at uh, at uh, CHED, uh, Chris is on the line this afternoon. Chris wants to talk about Greenpeace. Chris, what's on your mind? 
Well, hello. I guess I'm the like third or fourth Chris on this show. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Anyways, Welcome, Chris. I just want to start off by saying, uh, Linda, we miss you. It's like a family reunion right now. <laughs> oh, today, thank you. I love talking um, to Edmonton. If I could actually start with the first Chris uh, that was on there from Vancouver. He says we should refine in Canada. And I just want right. to remind everybody that we've, we've desperately tried that. That's what Energy East was all about. And unfortunately, we couldn't get it to the Irving refineries. But if you have any ideas or suggestions on how we can do that, that's fiscally viable and environmentally friendly, I, I think you have a big audience uh, that would be willing to support that, as always. As to the second, Chris, that just spoke from Vancouver, my heart bleeds that that would be the approach that you would take. Mm -hmm. I have a, mm -hmm. a family where I've got four children and such like this, and although I agree to disagree with people sometimes, violence is never the answer. And exactly. if you want to sit down and talk about it, you know, I, I'm always willing to hear it, but violence is just not the answer, my friend. And I'm so sorry that that's the approach that you feel you need to take. Um, so uh, I'll pray for you, my friend. Chris, but, thanks very uh, much, Chris. On, well, actually, i got one last thing, if I could. Um, so when it comes to uh, Greenpeace and such like this, my concern is if we can actually get our product to Vancouver, is there any legislation in place that we can get ahead of things so that people don't try and block the boats on the shore, uh, to the shore and such like this, so we can actually get our, our product that's now at Tidal Water moving on Tidal Water? I think we need to think a little bit proactively and get ahead of this. Yeah, you know what? I think the problem is, and yesterday, right after uh, this uh, couple of hours after the federal government announced that it was uh, going to have you and I and all of us by the pipeline... I'm just going to put him on hold there. Uh, sure. Uh, you know what? There was a huge protest here. There was about a thousand people out in downtown Vancouver with signs saying Trudeau's a liar and we're betrayed and what have you. And a lot of First Nations people saying, we are not going to let this line go through. We did not agree to it. And this does not mean it's going to happen. You know, Linda, well, that's, that's actually yeah. in some ways good to hear because at least we're on the same page on one thing uh, that we both, uh, both provinces feel to a certain extent betrayed by our federal government. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, gonna take a, I'm so just going to add to this that if, when you're looking at uh, two governments, um, the Notley government and the Trudeau government, and their commitment to reconciliation um, over the past uh, couple of years, uh, moving forward as these negotiations continue to move forward, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out with our with our First Nations communities. Well, what they're saying here in BC is that this decision just belies the fact that uh, Justin Trudeau doesn't care one mm -hmm. whit about reconciliation yeah. and they feel betrayed. So that is going to be a problem here yeah, when Trudeau has presented himself as saying, we want to create a new nation-to-nation -nation relationship and there's been a lot of damage done. Mm -hmm. I want to take another call here from Thomas in Vancouver. Hey, Thomas, what do you want to say? Hey, I'll be really quick. Uh, Long-term formal federal civil servant here. Um, uh, to, to Canada Post, Phoenix Pay System, you do not want the government of Canada running an oil company in a pipeline. On a good day, can't find their butt with both hands. Most of those people employed <laughs> in the civil service are only there because they couldn't get a job in the private sector. That's what I'm saying. Wow. That's, That's a wide words. net to yeah. just cast. There you go. I, I always feel the need to point out, because Canada Post is often held up as a poorly run and unprofitable uh, crown corporation, but the truth is Canada Post makes a huge profit. It, it's one of the fallacies. It's one of those things that everyone kind of gets wrong. But Google it, um, and you'll see. Canada Post has actually turned a healthy profit for many, many years. Not to mention, pipelines are considered to be safe assets uh, that have predictable revenue streams. So a lot of people are saying, you know what, even if taxpayers get stuck with 
with this pipeline for the next couple of years that it should be a relatively safe asset. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, am I thrilled that suddenly I uh, own part of this pipeline? <laughs> no, I didn't think that's the way this was going to turn out. Hey, Linda, you know what? Uh, Jim out here in Edmonton wants to talk about uh, Crown Corporation involvement as well. Hi, Jim. Thanks for waiting. Jim, are you there? Yes, I am here. Okay, what's on your mind? Uh, first of all, there was a comment about the, the purchase uh, of this pipeline. Uh, Canada Post makes a profit, I just heard. Uh, but uh, everybody knows how they made a profit. If you go to uh, ship anything, any distance whatsoever, we went to send a $15 book across to Saskatchewan. That's one province away. It's going to cost $18, cheapest, to send that book. That's why Canada Post makes a profit. Well, there's That's competitors to Canada Post, of course. You could go with the courier company. How, how much are we uh, going to, the taxpayer, going to foot this bill? A good example of Crown Corporation is uh, I lived in Saskatchewan most of my life, and I saw what the NDP government did with their Crown Corporations. The best example was the oil plant down in southern Saskatchewan. They bought it out with millions of dollars of taxpayers' money in Saskatchewan, went bankrupt, and uh, there was the disaster. The money went down a hole. Well, you know what, Jim? Um, I, think what you raise, I think you do raise. I think you do raise. The federal government was involved in that. Jim, I think you that do raise a, a good dollar. question. How much tax dollars are going to? Hey, okay, Jim, what, listen what for a second. Hey, Jim, 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 you have Jim. to listen to Jim, the listen other to Linda. side as well. Okay, listen yes. for a second. Yep. All I'm saying is, you raise a very good point. How much tax money I'm is listening. being dedicated to this product? He can't hear me. So we've already committed the 4.5 billion to the existing pipeline, and it's expected to be at least another 7 billion for the expansion pipeline. So the one thing that the federal politicians are not telling us, they're not being very clear how much tax money is going uh. into this project and I think a lot of people have a right to be concerned about that. Well that's we'll absolutely true Linda and one of the reasons they're not being specific about it of course is because if they go with plan A which is somebody <laughs> else comes in and actually takes over construction and ownership that maybe they get it built for less money than the government can get it built so I think they're trying to not scare away potential uh, operators from investing. However some people say the message is that the government has bungled this and that they realize oh. that the uh, market is so unstable here that the government has to come in, intervene to get anything done, and that's not a great message to send to the world either. L Linda, we don't work together, so you don't know what uh, <laughs> what buttons get me wound up. Oh. And, uh, but that was one of them. Listen, this is the political equivalent. Uh, how Trudeau has handled this, and the federal government has handled this from the beginning, that has brought us to this point we're at today, is the is the political equivalent of, I'm going to turn around, uh, turn this car around and nobody's getting ice cream. If, if, <laughs> if the Prime Minister and the federal government had it acted upon their own uh, requirements and their own legislation and we had have just proceeded with this when we first proposed it with all the conditions met the 157 some conditions met we wouldn't be having this conversation mm -hmm. but instead he here we are he left it up to the kids to argue and we got into a fight that's because this prime minister didn't want to lose any political that's collateral right, right. and he wanted to make everyone happy. And the reality right. is there's never going to be full consensus. Correct. All right, listen, we love hearing your calls from Alberta and BC. Keep them coming. More of our special Pipeline Hotline simulcast straight ahead. To the Pipeline Hotline, getting Alberta and BC talking. This is your chance to take the mic on 630 Ched and 980 CKNW. 
All right, welcome back to the Pipeline Hotline. I'm Linda Steele from CKNW Radio in Vancouver, and this is a special simulcast with my colleagues at 6.30 Chad in Edmonton, Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. And oh my gosh, this hour has gone by so fast, you guys. You're reading my mind. I just looked at the clock and thought that mm. was the 50, the fastest 50 minutes <laughs> in uh, talk radio history, I think. Andrew and, and I, we, Andrew and I were talking uh, during the break there, Linda, and I just said one of the things that we have here is we, we really do have three politicians who are, are fighting for their political life. Now, I know John Horgan just came in as as premier, but you have you know Rachel Notley, you have Justin Trudeau, who are trying to do the, whatever they can, I think in this case, to to stay in power. And, uh, and, and John Horgan, you know, um, making that commitment to the Green Party. So what else is he going to do if... Um, um, if he was to break that, to stay in power. Not to mention we have Andrew Weaver, the leader of the BC Greens. Yes. A lot of people are angry at him, feeling like he is holding John Horgan's toes to the fire yeah. to be more militant about this pipeline situation. Uh, but you know what? John Horgan has a lot of support, too. So he is staking his political career on this. And let's get in a few more calls before for we're sure. done here. Uh, Jamie in Vancouver, uh, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, just want to let the folks in Alberta know that the majority of people in B.C. were not opposed to the pipeline. It's a very loud, uh, vocal, and apparently violent minority mm. that's making the noise. The only thing I would like to see is the contingency fund set aside so that we can preemptively round up and detain violent thinkers like Chris until the pipeline is constructed. Or maybe educate them or allay their fears so that they're not so hostile. Yeah, re-educate them in a camp. Well, see, now I don't know that that's the answer either, Jamie. Uh, we're trying to build bridges here, but, you know, he's talking about spiking trees, so I, yeah. get, the, I get your comment. Yeah, detain. All right, thanks for that. Uh, what do you guys have to say about that? Good grief. Well, oh, my goodness. Well, uh, you know. <laughs> we, we thought our callers were a little I on think, the edgy you know, side, but, but okay. But here's the thing. I think on, on either side, you have extremes. Sure, of course. Uh, you, you have extremes, and, and we always hope that the extreme... N- never happens. Well, we live in, listen, it, nothing's ever black and white. We live in a world of gray, right? So I, I, anytime somebody takes Some, an extreme view, I always... It's a little shocking, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, you kind of go, let's move that a little and to the left the or right. at the end of the day, Jamie made a, a really strong point. The majority of people here in BC are not virulently opposed to this pipeline. They may have some concerns. They may not love the fact that they are now a shareholder, uh, <laughs> but they're kind of like, yeah, I think we probably need to have one more pipeline. Linda Darcy is been holding patiently for almost a half an hour now. Oh Let's talk. Hey, Darcy. Hey, guys. What's on your mind? So, so here's the thing. I'm from BC. But I live in Alberta now, okay? Um, I got into the oil and gas industry five years ago, and I do inspections and uh, examinations on oil and gas equipment. And today's standards are way higher than they were in the 50s and 60s. Um, on top of that, that pipeline needed to be uh, removed and put a new one in. So I get I get why people are all up in the air. Chris, that Chris guy, by the way, is a maniac. Like, I don't yeah. know what that guy's problem Well, that was, um, he was not smart to be saying those things. It's a good move. It's a good move for Canada. It's a good move for BC and Alberta. And the only thing that I wish that we could do for BC is take out some of the East Coast Mafia, a.k.a. the Newfies, and put in more British Columbians there. Because it what? is West Coast. And we are Western Canada. And you know what? I, I think hey, people we love all Canadians. We're all Canadians. It gives you a phenomenal living. 
a phenomenal living. And I wish more BC people could could understand that this is a good move. It's a good move for everybody across the board. All right. Darcy, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. We're all Canadians. We love the people from Newfoundland. Let's go to Jeff in Vancouver. Jeff, your comment? Hi there. Yeah, no, I totally disagree with that. Like, I mean, I'm hearing these Alberta people saying we need to get our product to Tidewater. No, we don't. What we need to do is spend that money on alternate energy. Like, I know lots of Alberta people that are living high off the hog. They've got all their toys, their power boats, their quads, all that <laughs> stuff. I, I, I ride a Harley. I got two cars, but I'm willing to give that stuff up. I'm an old man, but I'm thinking of the future. We gotta be progressive. We gotta go to alternate energy. But that doesn't happen overnight. What would you like to do? And I'm asking the question sincerely. What would you like to do between uh, today and then, and, and that <laughs> moment in time in which we don't rely as heavily as we do on oil? Well, you know, if I was like Trudeau and I had a whole panel of people like, that can sit down and think tank, and I'd come up with a solution. You, you're, you're blindsiding me, so I can't give you a concrete stuff. But there is things that we can do. But you just have to be committed and you have to really want to do it. And not like Trudeau. Like, he'll throw crumbs out to people so that, yeah, they make money and they're happy. And then the billionaires and the big companies will get their money. And he's going to profit from it somehow. I don't know how. But Okay, Jeff, you know what? I think that is simplistic. And let me just say this. Jaylin, again, you and I have a very good friend who ran for the Green Party who Uh is a scientist. Uh And she told me, you know what? We are probably 20 years away from being able to have a society where we live with green technology and we are weaned off fossil fuels. So, yes, do we want to go in that direction? Everybody does. Uh But it's not going to happen overnight. No, no that's not. exactly no, it. No, it's not. It's and a, the other thing, long-term project. The, the two, I think, misconceptions that really need to be cleared up quickly are: uh, Albertans believe BC residents only care about uh, pipeline spillage, and that's the environmental issue. And Albertans need to learn that it's about the harbor as well and the traffic in the harbor. Those, those are two separate issues. But, but I think Albertans would like it if BC residents would understand it's not just about the oil. That is not uh, gassing up your car, your plane, or your boat are not the only things done with oil. Oil is an industry which supplies thousands of other industries. Mm -hmm. Those uh, smart cars and electric cars are made with uh, the help of oil. It's true enough. I had a pipeline protester on the show and she said to me, you know what? We hate it when you say, well, how did you get to this protest? Did you drive your car? You know, and she said, we're not saying that we're going to immediately overnight stop using things that are made from fossil fuels. We're just saying we want to go in that direction. And I think we we could all agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. For sure. Let's get to Larry. One more call from uh, Edmonton on. Hi, Larry. Hi. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm sitting on 63, Highway 63 by Mariana Lakes. I worked for the government 12 years, or a long time ago. I quit after 12 years. I built rigs. I moved rigs last year in Christina Lake. And now I'm hauling parts to all these plants between Anzac and Conklin from Athabasca. And this pipeline is a win-win situation for all of us. And, you know, I built part of this uh, rail yard in Hardesty. They built 32 train cars every 20 minutes, phase one. Wow. Going to do three phases up there, and that's Warren Buffett, American multi-gazillionaire. <laughs> sort of crazy, you know. Let's put this pipeline in. I don't think they should sell it. Let's make fifteen billion dollars a year, and then we all get a thousand-dollar check at the end. <laughs> so Larry's right, Larry. a big fan of it, but uh, wants to hold on. Let's get one last call in from uh, Vancouver, Devin. Your quick thoughts. 
Hi. Um, the caller on just before me touched on the fact that it's not just about fuels. Um, I'm a fine artist from Vancouver, and I was just uh, listening to the show when it started, and I became aware that not just my pigments, but mm-hmm. everything around me is fossil fuel-based, mm-hmm. from the easel, the canvases, to um, the racks that I keep everything on, literally 80% of my studio is fossil fuels. Okay, Devin, you're making a good point, and I'm going to have to cut you off there because we're getting near to the end of the show. But I think at the end of the day, guys, the message is we should all be better educated about this subject. Oh, all of us. It's nonstop learning at this point. It sure is. Yeah, and you know what? I've honestly, and I'm sure our listeners would agree, I've honestly enjoyed the perspective from British Columbia. And if I've learned nothing else this afternoon, uh, I've learned, uh, as our one caller, one of your callers said, uh, that it is not an overwhelming majority of BC residents Mm -hmm. that want to stop this pipeline. And what you said, Linda, is very important. We all want to move away from this at some point. We all want to protect the environment at some point. Right, but the reality of the situation is oil is here and now, and we've got a bunch of it in the ground. Let's capitalize. Exactly. And we also know that Alberta has been a big economic driver for the rest of the country in many, many ways. And I don't think it's fair of people to say that Albertans are selfish. Is you selfish, you know, big toys and what have you in Alberta and you don't care about the rest of us? Not true. Albertans do care. And I care the fact that we gave up this hour from Alberta and BC to hear from each other. And I think it was fascinating. And I loved spending the time with you guys. You know what, Lindo? You're reading our minds once again. Let's do it again sometime soon. Absolutely love it. A thank you to everyone for listening to our Pipeline Hotline simulcast. Nice talking to you, Edmonton. Now stay tuned for your local news. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.